Yo. Hey, Mike, it's the Mike and Miss show on a Thursday night. The fuck's up, man? I was just singing. I serenading you before we got on. He, he was. He was singing some dance with me song, and he played it for me, and I don't quite know the song, but I feel like I know the song. It's like one of those ones that you listen to your da- in your dad's Mazda pickup truck in 1987 <laughs> and, like, in 2021. It's not really quite there, but I kind of remember it. It was... um. The song Dance With Me by or- Orleans or Orleans. I don't know, however you want to say it. Yeah. Orleans is the name yeah. of the band? Yeah. Get the Dance fuck. with me. I want to be your partner. Can't you see? What up, Big Ben? What's up, Susan Walker? What's up, Megan? How are you? Joe Ivy in the house. We had a fucking fantastic, great show last night. Can Sun be fantastic and great? Is that? Yeah. Is that redundant? Fantastically great. Uh, all right. Well, we fucking had a great one last night. We're going to have another good one tonight. Our first guest of the night is Tom Schof, the man with the mustache, your local ninja himself. He is a fucking fan favorite in the BKFC. And then after him, we're going to be having Randine Eckholm, Elkholm, Willoughby. We'll settle that fucking issue tonight. First thing we do is going to settle what the hell her goddamn name is. Because on three different websites, you got three different names. And Mike and I are not having that shit. Right, Mike? No, I know. It's totally confused me. My mind started melting earlier. I had to shove it back into my ears. <laughs> All right. Hey, before we go uh, any further, I'm just going to throw our sponsors at the bottom here. Ba-boom. I'm going to throw the logos up on the screen. Here you go. The Ding Fighter's thanks. Friend. Go Boom. to thefightersfriend.com. Use promo code MISH20. Buy yourself some edibles and some vapes and some CBD oils and rubs and all that good shit. Go there. They make products for the fighter, by the fighter, geared towards recovery, medibles, medicated vapes. Get them now. Get them while they're hot. Oh, yeah. www.fightersfriend.com. Promo code MISH20. If you want to get some supplements, you want to get jacked like uh, Josh Watson last night, bench 550 fucking pounds and knock people out with your bare hands, go to nextlevelsubs.com slash Mike and Mish and use promo code Mish10 and buy yourself all that shit, man. Pro, uh, you know, proteins, test boosts, all that stuff to get jacked out of your motherfucking mind. And last but not least, go to massagetherapics.com, book yourself an appointment with Miss Jackie Holden. And if you're a soldier or a veteran, go to www.holdenhandsmassage.com and make an appointment with her through there. She's the best in the business. After you go to the gym, you take all your supplements, you really wreck your body, you go see Miss Jackie, you get fixed, you go home, you eat some medibles from fucking Fighter's Friend, and then you thank Mike and Mish afterwards because mm-hmm. we just really fixed your life. Didn't we, Mike? We did. That's what we, we do. That's what we do. We touch people. Touched. Consider yourself <laughs> touched when you're here. <laughs> but you can't yourself- press charges or bring us to jail yeah, yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys tuned in. You love us, so you cannot press charges when we touch you. I like to touch it- people deep inside. Okay. Of their hey, ears. other news. Other eardrums. Other news before we bring Tom Schof on. But boom, mm-hmm. go to the Mission Accomplished store at missionaccomplished.myshopify.com. Get yourself a hoodie. Get yourself a tank top. Get yourself some joggers, a fanny pack, a fucking whatever you want to get. Get it there. Go on the website, start shopping. Christmas is coming. Might want to put that freaking order in right now. And then last but not least, and then we'll get going here. Um, Killfoot clothing t-shirts. Mike's wearing one right now. Mm-hmm. From now yes, till Sunday night. 
twenty dollars. Get them while they're hot. This is the dark gray. The dark gray. Yeah, we only have the dark gray in the big boy sizes. We got the light gray in most other sizes, and then we got kid sizes in black. Other than that, they're running out quick. Everyone, I got a small batch, so jump on it while you can. Hit me on the DMs or the messenger. And uh, what's up with you, Mike? How was your Thursday? We're waiting on Tom Shove, but you know, what's up? Well, I just saw that. Big Ben said that he's waiting on a hoodie. Oh, no shit. Woo. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mm -hmm. Big Ben. You're the I saw that song. Oh, waiting on my, there it is, waiting on my 2X hoodie. Laugh out loud. And um, then he said he's waiting for that Mike and Mish. We don't have a Mike and Mish one yet. We're waiting on a Mike and Mish logo. Which we yeah, we're going to make really, a, We haven't come up with one yet. We're gonna get a you good guys got to understand. Like can, a real can, deal one. Mike, let's put this out to everybody. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is just Mike and myself. It's just me yeah. and Mike. We don't yeah. have we don't have marketing people. We don't have product people. We don't have logo people. We don't have none of that shit. No, it's just no Mike and Mish. Mission accomplished. The Mike and Mish show. That is all. Hey, someone get in the silly. comments. Someone in the comments really came through for me today. My man Larry Davis, the king of all kings. This is guy right here. What's up, dudes? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, as as I dedicated last night's show to my grandfather who passed along, um, I wish I had the fucking picture on me right now. But I, if you go to my uh, Facebook page, I posted uh, a picture of him right before going to uh, World War II. He had a Navy pick and he's got a bottle of Four Roses whiskey and he's drinking it like this. My boy Larry went and found some four roses whiskey at a, at a local liquor store around him somewhere and brought that shit to me and he handed it to me today at work. And he said, go home and have a tea time for the old man. And I was like, dude, you're a fucking stand up guy there, Larry. So <laughs> shout out to you, Larry. Thank you very nice. much. for that. Very nice. Um, dude, do I look clear and sound clear right now? You're a little bit blurry. I've got to say, I think you're, I think you're, uh, <clears throat> camera lost focus or you'll actually no, no i don't no, think it's no. your camera i think your internet has slowed down at a point but it's buffering right now let it buffer yo so what it is is for some reason i am not on hardwired internet right now it's showing that i'm mm -hmm. on wi-fi which i don't like this jump up like on that shit you know bottom right corner click on it do your stuff tell me what to do yeah well you gotta do it somebody's gonna tell you you gotta get it done there's people watching this is embarrassing all right well we're gonna be I'm judged gonna on this we might Off. squarely be judged just on this moment alone. I mean, get, the, get the, our time a, could be now, and someone could be watching, and they're saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna hire these two guys," and then boom, your internet goes down, and it ruins our whole fucking lives, and we spiral out of control. And the next thing you know, I'm a heroin addict under a bridge somewhere. It's not right, <laughs> and this is all you're gonna be your fault. It's unbelievable. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what to do here because it's showing that I'm connected, but I'm not. So <laughs> loser. Loser, loser, loser. Loser. Fuck you, Mike. Did you have some pumpkin spice coffee today? You fucking uh, fuck yeah, I did actually. Yep, I did. And you know what? I'm gonna thank Cumberland Farms, our neighborhood Cumberland Farms, because they give away free coffee to people in uniform. They have pumpkin spice coffee at Cumberland Farms. Yeah. Jesus. They did have. You know, uh, did you go in there in your pajama pants and your ugly? I, you fucking I actually, I have a tutu. And I what? put it on before I walk in right over my uniform and I do pirouettes through the door. 
And then he goes, oh, hey, Mikey Pooh, when I come in through the door. And he says, coffee on us. And I'm like, can I get a lodge? And he says, sure. And I just fucking. He says, nothing makes me happier than to see you float in here, Mikey. He goes, oh, we got a unicorn flavored espresso. espresso." And I say, oh, cool. And I get it. It's pink and purple. That's uh, true. Dude, right? Hey, yo, we got Sean, we got DJ Tony watching. We got Sean Ulrich. We got fucking Ian, Larry, Joe, Brad. All the fucking regulars are here. Some some not so regular. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're waiting on the mustache. I don't know what, what's going on here. Um, Mike promised me the mustache, and uh, he'll be here. He'll be here. The man. Um, hey, so. You know, you know what we always do? We always watch back every fighter's fights before we come on their show. If anybody hasn't watched Tom Shelf's fights, I suggest if you don't have the app, get it. And then just go in there and search Tom Shelf. Watch his first three fights, four fights, five fights. The second one against uh, Grajillo, I think his name is. I think it's G-R-A-I-J-O. Grajillo. That second fight, is fucking amazing. Like he beat the brakes off this dude. And the guy was wearing like the funniest trunks ever. He had, he, he had like man mammal toe, like crazy. He had his shorts jacked up to his, to his belly button and his nuts were split in half basically. But Shof busted his face up. Yeah, there you go. Is the best ever. Dude, his face is swollen out like a damn softball. He's bleeding from under one eye, bleeding from the other eye, from the top, top of his head over here. He's bleeding like a stuck pig. But that psychopath Diego just kept coming at him. And he's got this like weird smile and eyes on him. I want to ask uh, Tom about that. Like what was going through you, uh, you know, your mental state when when you're just laying everything you got on this dude's face and he just keeps smiling at you and getting back <laughs> up. Like what the fuck? He, like you're reaching for a gun at that point. Yeah, yeah. fucking zombie mode. It's yeah. crazy when people get like that to think that you could actually be fighting a human being. One day you could be at the bar and you could end up on a, in a fight with somebody and you could be beating the shit out of them. And you just get so tired and this person just keeps coming for you like, I'm going to fucking die. I thought I was going to win, but now I'm going to die because this person won't stop. <laughs> He's you know, I've seen somebody like that before who got knocked out like three different times and then was demanding that they keep fighting. And the other dude was like, I can't anymore. Like, this is it. My hands are fucked up. You know, like, I'm tired. And the guy's like, no, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm like, dude, I think you're going to die. <laughs> you have like three concussions. Yeah, they, they, a different, they have a different gear, man. It's like, I believe my older brother has that gear in him. Like, That's uh, scary business right there. Like, well, you know, I, my older brother would uh, gladly fight six seven people take an ass whooping but unless they kill him he's not stopping until somebody stops the madness and that has happened multiple times in his lifetime so it's like fight um, club it's yeah it's fucking awesome but tom shof man you guys got to go back in his catalog and, and watch all his fights because even the julian lane one yes he took a l in that one but julian lane was hitting him with some really really hard bombs and Tom was just taking him. And the thing is, like, he was fighting Julian at a bigger weight. He was fighting Joe Elmore at bigger weights. And, yeah, he got knocked down a bunch of times. But I'm pretty sure it was just because of the size discrepancy there, dude. It was, like, because he wasn't hurt. He, he falls down, and then he gets right back up. He springs back up, like, fucking, uh, 
what the hell is that movie? Uh, you ever see you ever see Scary Movie Two when they launch Rex? Fucking what the hell is that dude's name? That was in the freestyle battle. They throw him out the window when he when he hits the ground, he pops right back up and starts walking down the street. You ever see that one? <laughs> I, I definitely have seen it, but it was fucking like <laughs> a long, long time ago. Yeah, Wh- whatever that dude's name is in that movie is Tom Schoff in a, in a squared circle. He's fucking, <laughs> he hits the floor, he pops back up, he's back on his feet, and he's moving. It's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's he's working out. He's at the gym or or at work, and he he said he'd be he'd be on. ASAP. So yeah, he will be. And you know what? And 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 you could see the progression in his uh his skill from fight to fight to fight too. Like his last fight against Nathan Mitchell, what he was at his sharpest, I think. And the body shots that he worked in. Oh my into, god! He, the body shots that he worked into his freaking arsenal just absolutely devastated that kid. And um, and he was, he was in like a state of mind that night. Like we were there. Mm-hmm. And like he fucking demolished that kid's ribs, and then turn around and like calmly walked, almost Mike Richmond style, turn, turn around, walked, put his hands up on the top of the ropes, and just stood there staring yes. off, staring off into the distance, waiting mm-hmm. for the referee to say that it's not over. even looking. Yep, it was not even looking at in the ring at him. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that, um, you know, you when you run into the fighters at the hotel or at the. Um, you know, maybe at the restaurant or a bar or wherever while you're there, weigh-ins. And you talk to people. Some people are, if you're at the weigh-ins, they're a little bit uptight because they've been, you know, cutting weight. They're a little bit, you know, tired or they're hungry or whatever the issue is. Uh, some people you can tell have this edge. This, I mean, this like uh, something that you could tell, like there's a fight tomorrow. They're thinking about it. Maybe they're a little mm-hmm. nervous. Maybe, you know, whatever. When Tom Schof, the both times I ran up into him, he was very he was very calm. Like you said, like Mike Richmond, he was making a coffee in the hotel lobby. He's like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? You know, Hey, no big deal. Very coffee seemed very confident, not cocky at all. Just very, very confident. And I was like, wow, he's uh he's in the zone. This guy, he's- he, he seemed like you said, Richmond and him have the same kind of like demeanor as far as like, they feel right at home. That's where they're supposed to be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I like, I, like, I don't think they eat, truly believe that they should be doing anything else on this planet other than being right there at that time, ready to knock somebody out with their bare hands the next day. It's fucking crazy. We talked to Tom Shelf right after the weigh-ins right by the ringside. And he was like the nicest dude ever. Like, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see. Oh yeah. I'm really excited to fight tomorrow night. And uh, we'll see you guys after this fight. All right. We'll grab a beer. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's right. I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Hey, Joe Ivy asked, how much time do we put into preparation for each episode? You know what? I've never really actually paid attention to how much time because it we it, what my preparation. I don't know about Mike's. My preparation is spread out sporadically throughout the week. Like whenever I can, pop my iPad up and pull up the, pull up the app or YouTube and just pop on a fight by one of the fighters that's coming on. I'll put it on and while I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm watching, I'm watching the fight off to the side, or. If I get like a half an hour at work, I'll look up their bio and I'll read on them. Or if I take an hour to to make a few ads to promote. So I don't know. I I might put fuck. I might put four or five hours. <laughs> I don't. I don't even <laughs> right. know. Man. Like I don't know. I never really t- never really checked to be honest with you. Because honestly, because this is a passion project of ours that is like time kind of turning into something a little bigger than that. But it's also a fun hobby. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm working at all. So 
I'm not putting any work towards this show. Everything I'm doing, I love what I'm doing. So I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I I do the same thing pretty much. So what what happens is if outbreaks coming up, I take out my phone and then I either start taking notes or I watch a fight or I'm on box rec and then I'm on topology and then I'm on sure dog. And then I'm looking through just random the Google. I'll just keep going through Google to try to find any kind of news article that I can or anything on whoever's coming on. And that's what I do anytime I get a chance. During break, I bring my my laptop into the break room and I'm eating and I either have headphones in or I don't and I'm just taking notes and like it's just sporadic throughout the weekend and the week. It's whenever I get a chance to. It's uh it's tough sometimes, but the thing is is like uh during work I listen to podcasts. So I'll look up a podcast and then I'll listen to it. So I don't have to be watching anything, which is nice because I can listen while I'm working. Just perfect. Right. And you would think that like the two of us would be the most social motherfuckers on the planet, right? Everybody at work. And we are honestly, if we're not, if we're not taking whatever time we can to put into prep for this show, we are bullshitting with everybody. You know what I mean? But like, like Mike said, half the time, half the time we'll have headphones on and we'll be in our own little world. You know what I mean? If, if we, if, if I'm, I'm on my time, just leave me alone. But if my headphones are off and the tablet's off, fucking feel free. Let's have a conversation. It's a good time. Every time. Yeah, sometimes uh, we talk uh, so much that we can't get anything else done. Like, I'll be like, hey, Kyle, we need to go and we need to talk about, you know, what we're going to do tonight or tomorrow night for the show. I'll walk over there and I'll be like, oh, did you see this meme? Let me see that meme. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you see this? And then we'll be like, oh, did you hear about John Jones? Oh, what happened with John Jones? Oh, well, let's read the entire police report here. Next thing we know, 20 minutes has gone by. We haven't done a single thing for the show. And I'm like, oh, I got to get back to the shop. The freaking break is over. It's going to take me two minutes to walk to the other side of the building. Yeah, that happens all hey, the time. Hey, happened hey. right before the show, actually. I, 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 is Susan, like, she's trolling me right now? Because I think everybody knows the fucking answer to this one. Who is more tech savvy between the two of us? He works in avionics, man. This guy lives for technology like i don't i don't know half the i don't even really know how to use my phone i have to ask mike all the time like hey dude how do i do this and he helps me out and i like i i do know how to do a lot of stuff but like anything intricate i don't know how to do that shit oh like um you know video editing that's mike uh fuck i mean we pretty much split all the rest of the shit right down the middle yeah Uh, Ian says that we bring we both bring different skill sets. Thank you, Ian. Kyle's the artistic one. Kyle will make ads and make he's made he made the logos. So anything that we use, he he makes the backgrounds. Uh, so that's that's on him. I'm not. I don't draw. I don't do any of that type of shit. But I can make up some videos and some crazy ideas, like all the fucking intros to the videos and shit like that. I I put together. Yeah, that dope. <laughs> The one that he made for Miami with the like old Miami Vice thing that mm. shit was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I had that vision and I was like, I need to make this game bread fighting championship tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I don't know if anybody saw the weigh-ins today, but there was a little scrap between uh, Andy Wynn, the uh, the Crazian, I think they call her. Like she's like a hot Asian chick, and her nickname is the Crazian, like crazy Asian or something like that. And then she's fighting um, Lawson. I can't remember what the freaking girl's first name is, but this blonde girl. Well, they got no little like a uh, little tussle at the weigh-ins today, and the, the the blonde chick is like, 
Don't you fucking touch me, bitch. I will kill you. Tomorrow night, I'm taking your soul. I'm taking your soul, bitch. I'm like, oh, boy. Look at this one. I might want to tune in for that one. You might want to set your DVRs. Do people yeah, still DVR nice. Uh Yeah, sure do. I mean, what will we do without that? I hate watching shit without the DVR most of the time. Sometimes I'm glad if I if I miss the first like half an hour of something because then I can just fast forward through all the freaking commercials and all the bullshit. Yeah. I love that. It's the best. You know what I don't like? And maybe we're going to go. And this is what we do at work. This is where I'm going to go on like a little fucking rant here. Like you talk about this. Why? Why all of a sudden did like Hulu and Amazon and Netflix start releasing like one episode a week? I don't what, know, man. What is like, that shit? Dude, if we wanted to do that, we just get cable. You fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, the whole these, reason to get this is to binge. We're getting these streaming platforms so we can just watch an entire season at one shot. All you're doing is aggravating the fucking customer. Like I watch one episode of like the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, the Wu-Tang, uh, the American story on Hulu. And now I got to wait till next Wednesday till the next one comes out. Might as well just watch it on fucking cable. What's going on here? Yeah, that shit is stupid. I'm sick and tired hey, of it. Hey. It drives me nuts. This guy says we, we need to get Nolan back on the show. I think we do. I'm, you know what? Tonight, he should be having a fight soon, yeah, right? I was going to say tonight. What about after up the in show, New York? Uh, I'll, sh I'll shoot him a message tonight to see if he's going to be on that New York card. Mm. Because if they don't put him on that New York card. They should. They're making a mistake. That dude is full of charisma. He's a humongous guy. He can fight. He's a gold glove boxer. He, You saw him on the show. He has all the freaking drive in the world coming from the reservation, and all he wants to do is fucking fight. And he yeah. he basically he lives awesome. he lives freaking right up the street. So, yeah, we'll hit up Nolan tonight, man. Um, Yeah. What he was great. You, he was yeah. great on the show, man. The guy was funny as hell. Uh. Like you said, he's got a lot of charisma, and he's a heavyweight. He seems like he's a, a tough dude. I definitely want to get him on the show again. And I, speaking of uh, New York, where he should fight on, we know that uh, De, uh, Davi Diaz is going to be fighting on the New York card also, which is cool. So we have another fight for that card. And I think there was another fight uh, for Jay Jackson also, which yep. is – In Wichita. And, uh, in Wichita, yeah, Jay Jackson is going to be fighting Doolittle. So that's another good fight. Our buddy Jay Jackson, who I believe had the fight of the night back uh, at PKFC. Yeah, at least the knockout of the night. It if was not, awesome. If, if not the fight of the night, at least the knockout. But they gave it to Jared Warren for the Zion Tomlinson knockout, and I disagree. Right, 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 totally. right. I think Jay's was like they both had knocked each other down. They both had rattled each other. They were back and forth. And, they, and then Jay hit him with that right hand that fucking blasted him, dropped him. It was it was a great fight, man. Um, hey, did, did what did you think about? Um, did you see the salaries that came out for uh, UFC two sixty six? Yes, I did, I and I and then I watched uh, the whole rant by Dana White after was it after the contender series. He went on a rant about pay and De La Hoya and was just going in well, dude, on De La Hoya. I got to tell you this, man. Did you see like the whole 
pay like the, the the entire roster what they all got dude 11 people on that card got paid more than $120,000 11 out of like 18 I don't know however many it, it was more than like two-thirds of the roster that night made $120,000 or more and I think that's pretty decent man and if you listen it's to, good if you listen to like Kevin Holland today was talking about it he was like yo all we have to do is stay more active. Think about it. You make 80 grand for one fight, fight three times in one year. That's a hell of a year. He's like, I know people that bust their ass as electricians trying to make 80 bucks an hour, but they got to put in all these, all these hours a week. All we got to do is be ready and train and get our ass in the ring three times a year. And we're making, you know, we're making $200,000. So right. if you, it, it, it's on you as a fighter to stay active, stay healthy and be ready to fight when they need somebody to fight. If you're not, then shut the fuck up. That's what Kevin Holland's saying today. And I'm like, dude, you know what? They're not getting paid that bad, bad of money right now. Yeah, sure. Nick Diaz was the highest paid. I was right about that, by the way. Yep. Nick Diaz out was outpaid. Mm -hmm. He was paid more than Volkanovsky and Valentina Shevchenko, the two champions on that card were paid less than the superstar. My point exactly. Superstars are superstars. Champions are not treated like superstars. That's, right. That's fucking fact right there. Um, yeah. Wish they stopped comparing it to boxing. Yeah, I mean, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, boxing is wacky and all over the place. I'm sure they make a ton of money, some of the it, fights. And, and a lot of the times, like the, the high-level, big-name boxers that are making all that money, they fight once a year. Yeah. Maybe twice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the guys that are fighting on Tuesday night boxing on ESPN, you think they're making fucking $3 million? No, they're making 10 grand. You know what I mean? So comparing it to boxing is stupid because when they compare MMA to boxing, they're comparing them to like Mayweather and, you know, the Pacquiao's and the Canelo's and the Tyson Fury's of the world that are making millions and millions of dollars. You know what I mean? But they're fighting once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm a, I completely agree with Joe, Joe Ivy. Now, Nick Diaz making $566,000 is a lot of money for a guy coming back off a six-year layoff and not looking all that great when he got in there. Dana thinks he looked incredible. I disagree, but I also think that him throwing 340 punches in two rounds is pretty fucking incredible. You know, yeah, always been known as a cardio machine. Um, Regardless of anything that I say or I say anybody says about them, if they're, you know, I'm not a fighter. So ultimately, to me, anything they do is amazing. It's something that I would not do. I'm not getting into the fucking ring. I'm not getting into the squared circle. I'm not getting into no octagon unless I'm fucking asking somebody a question with a microphone in my hand. Okay. <laughs> or, uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's like the, the only way that I'm getting into one of them things. I'm not fucking, be, I'm not punching anybody. No one's punching me in the face. Look at this face. I'm yeah. getting old. I can't afford to get anything going on with this face. I got to freaking keep this thing pristine. Look at this beautiful face. Hey, you want to hit up Randine? See if she wants to come on right now. All set, all done. All done. All right. See yep. if we we'll get Randine. Randine's gonna come on and we're gonna send uh send Tom Schof to the uh other side of the Randine yeah. interview. So give him some time to catch up. You know, I he, he I believe he is he was working so and he owns a gym. So 
maybe something went on, but I did speak to him a little earlier. So we'll give him an extra, some extra time to get on the, get an extra half an hour of the show of uh, Kyle and I speaking about all sorts of random shite. <laughs> random shit. <laughs> How about John Jones? Okay. So my thing with John Jones and everybody's, I know what I love is I love that everybody is like, yeah, but what about how much shit Connor does? Well, yes, Connor does a lot of dumb shit as well, but Connor does not smack around D, D Devlin. That's one thing he does not do. He that takes we know care of. That we know of. If he does, he does it in the privacy of his own home and he fucking, <laughs> and he keeps it quiet. But you know what I mean? Everyone gets drunk and fucking pops somebody in the bar once in a while. Yeah, he punched an old guy, but everyone does some dumb shit. Slapping a phone out of somebody's hand is kind of a dickhead thing to do. But felony shit. hit and run. Felony hit and run on a fucking pregnant chick. Um, you know, four, five, six, seven different fucking steroid pop, popped hot tests. A, a, a hot cocaine test. A driving under the influence, a reckless driving, uh, uh, firing a, a dis, you know, firing off a firearm in a fucking public setting, vandalizing a cop car with your forehead while your wife's bleeding out of her fucking mouth and has blood on her shirt. I think that this dude has worn out his welcome. I don't know because I also think the day the UFC says we're fucking done with you peace to your bum crease get the fuck out of here he gets signed instantly but i think bellator doesn't even hesitate to give them money give him money i don't think one championship would hesitate to give him money i don't think the bkfc would hesitate to offer him a fucking 10 million dollar deal you know what i mean it's like he says he's given up the alcohol you guys of course yes you know what i call that joe wolf tickets that's he's selling us wolf tickets uh yeah wolf tickets wolf tickets wolf yeah, tickets. This, this dude, yeah david g says uh john jones pulled her hair oh not, not during talking <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know man what is your thoughts i read that me and you both read that whole police report and it's some pretty sketchy shit and, yeah. the and and it really seems like she's covering for him now which means that I think this goes on more, more than we, you know, more than we would think. And she's sticking around because he has a gigantic bank account and they have three kids together. Your thoughts. Uh, this dude is a complete fuck up. <laughs> complete, like cl complete and utter fuck up. Like you, I, you know, you, you sent me that picture where it has all the freaking, uh, it's, uh -oh mug shots through the years like dude you have a through the years mug shot meme like come on bro and the whole problem with it is is like it's not like he this guy's got a great life here's he's got a great fucking life he he did it he earned it he did what he had to do but you know the thing is is he's doing cocaine which is whatever Fuck, who gives a shit it's not gonna fucking help you in a fight i i mean unless well it might i mean if you get punched in the face a few times you might not feel it but He's doing steroids. We know all that stupid shit. So I guess all in all, he's a scumbag. Fuck him. I'm sick and tired of him, to be honest with you. The guy's a fucking piece of shit. He does piece of shit things, and he's beating his friggin' wife up, or his girlfriend, his fiance, whatever you want to call her, because like we were talking about, well, they're not married. So now he's got a little bit of little something over her. You know, they got a few kids, and she's yeah. obviously, she yeah. said to hit to the to the security guard, like, oh, um, 
no, he, I don't remember him hitting me or anything like that. Like she was like covering no, for yeah, him and she's got a fucking busted lip. She's got a busted lip. She said her lips were dry. Like yeah, they're man. chapped. You're in fucking Las Vegas from the heat or like I, my lips get chapped in the friggin' in the winter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, hey, I don't know. I got to point out what Shit. Brad said because I went to Rochester, New York for some business for a weekend and I went to some scummy fucking places out there. I went to some strip club out there. I'm going to tell you right now, this make this made me chuckle. Born and raised in Rochester, New York. Trust me, as someone close to there, that's why. It's fucking hilarious to me. But well, anyways, you know what? He's been rich for a long time. Time to freaking grow yeah. up a little bit. You got three daughters, three daughters that are looking up to you, and you're beating your wife up in the hotel room while they're there, probably because unless they have two rooms and they're separated. But still, regardless, where's her busted lip come from? You got to explain that to your friggin' kids and the kid is the one who said call the police not the wife so i digress we have randine she is waiting patiently let's get her in here all right let's go ahead and bring in randine she is going to be fighting taylor starling at bkfc fight night montana october 9th making her second walk to the squared circle here we go let's go and bring her in hello miss randine willoughby Elkholm, Elkholm. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Square us away on the name real quick. Uh, it's Randine Elkholm is my legal name. I don't mind if you would call me Randine Willoughby. Uh, working on eventually getting that to be my name. Okay. Because honestly, when, when we look you up on like three different web, like on Tapology, it's Elkholm. E-L-K-O-M. Yeah, it's misspelled. I don't know how it's been misspelled. It's always been, and I don't know. I'm sure there's even some other ones out there with my name spelled other ways from promoters just always getting it wrong. Um, and I'm sure now with the name change even coming up, it's not going to help the situation. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, how Just are you doing? Just worry about learning Randine. If you know Randine, it's I'm the only Randine. You'll Randine. never meet another. So if it, someone's talking about Randine, it's me. It's you. All right. Well, Randine, making your second trip. Hey, were you in the Army? I was. You were. How many years did you do? I did just over three years. Three years? No kidding. Me and uh, Mike are both still in. Yep. I am uh, 20 years. He is 13. And, oh, uh, well- Hats off to you. I um I appreciate my time in there. It did a lot for me. It set me up in life for sure. Um, but it I wasn't gonna be a lifer. Yeah, Wait, were you, where uh, did you active duty or guard? Yeah, I was active duty. I was a thirty one echo uh, as a MP uh, in terminal resettlement specialist in corrections. So I worked in Guantanamo Bay and uh, up in Fort Lewis at the regional correctional facility up there. Nice, nice. All right. Well, that see, that's a little snippet that I don't think your fans knew about you. But, you know, we're some we're some creepos that have to do a bunch of, uh, you know, research. You have to stalk your Facebook page and your social media (laughs) for everything it's worth. Uh, We got to do our due diligence. And this is Mission Accomplished, the Mike and Miss show where we are the home of combat sports and combat vets. So we really enjoy having somebody who has served on here along with us but other than that let's talk about you making your second trip to the squared circle you're going to be fighting one of the hottest names in the division miss taylor starling how are you right now mentally heading into this uh we know that you probably have yourself physically ready for the fight by now 
eight days out, you're, you're probably ready to either start a weight cut or whatever you're feeling ready to go. But mentally, how are you feeling? Yeah, uh, that's where we're at. And mentally, I feel like the pressure's on her because, like you said, she is the star. She is the riser right now. Nobody really expects much out of me. Uh, and that's kind of comforting because I just get to go in there and have fun, you know, like, and show everybody that they're wrong. Like, there's no pressure on that. Like, the pressure's on her. She has to do something outstanding. She has to be that 30 second TKO, right? Like if she doesn't surpass that, then she doesn't, you know, do anything good for herself. So, um, that's a lot of pressure and it's not on me. So the BKFC putting you up against Taylor Starling and you've obviously have gone online and you see a lot of people. Yep. 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 And, and that lights a fire under your ass more than, you know, like, I feel like people are snubbing you right now. You know what I mean? And like you just said, she's got all the pressure on her. So people are looking at it in a way like, oh, they're just throwing her in here so that, you know, Taylor can get an easy win. You see that everywhere and shit. And please don't get offended by that. But a lot of people say that shit. And then you're looking at it like, hell no, she's got something to prove because I'm going to come in here and she's got all the pressure on her because she went from fight of the night to a 22 second KO. And now people are going to expect her to come in here and take me out. It's not going to happen like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I try and avoid reading most of the stuff, but I have caught little snippets when things were first posted. And, you know, I just, I'm trying to like hit back real quick. Cause I, I just, I really don't like to read the opinions of people. I don't even fucking know. Like, I don't, you know, I don't give a shit what you think. Um, but I have caught little bits of it, and yeah, if that's what you all think, like push that narrative, push that it's gonna be easy, like push that you're just gonna KO me real quick, like go ahead, think it, like I hope you underestimate me because this is gonna be fun for me, like I have a lot to show, like I'm ready to go in there and just like throw. I actually, I agree with what Mike's saying as they're, they're throwing you in like that, but they also had to have a level of respect for you to put you in against the two people that they have already. The two people that you, you're the second person you're about to fight, you fought Britain Hart, right? And now right. you're fighting Taylor Starling. That's two of the top three in the division right now. So like whether they're throwing you to the wolves, like people think they are, they also got to have a certain level of respect for the skill that you hold to even consider putting you in there with them, right? Oh, for sure. And I went four rounds with Bryn Hart, who's the number one in the division right now, and that was my literal pro debut. So, like, there's only more to come, and I'm only growing and developing, and there's a lot of nerves and things that go along with that first one. And now that's not there. And now I just get to relax into my element and do what I'm supposed to do. Outstanding. Are you still out in uh, Washington? Yeah, I am out in Washington, uh, back in Lakewood, uh, training with my team out here, Battleground MMA with J.D. Burns and Skylar Burns and a lot of good people out here. Uh, I was in New Mexico before, and I don't want to speak anything ill of anybody out there. Uh, that Those teams were good, and they helped me and developed me, and uh, we're – they worked with me to go into that fight when they had not worked with me for any other fights beforehand. 
And so, you know, like I appreciated them helping me out and taking me there. Um, but it's good to be back where I started with people that know how I can fight and know what I can go through and know how to push me and know what I'm capable of. And that is, that feels really good. So yeah, go ahead, Mike. Outside of, I was going to say outside of fighting, you have a pretty interesting job, right? Uh, so I, yeah, I, wanted, I, I find it interesting. I like it. I thought, I think it's interesting too, because I mentioned it to Kyle and he was like, what is that? And I was like, trust me, I had no idea what it was at first either. Um, so explain to, to uh, the audience what you do for a living. Uh, okay, so I'm a cardiovascular invasive and electrophysiology specialist, and I assist doctors when you have heart attacks with your stent placements, and if you have valve issues, and currently I'm working in the electrophysiology side where, say you have a rhythm issue, we burn spots of your heart to correct your rhythm issue so you no longer have that rhythm issue and put in pacemakers or defibrillators if you need that. Wow. It's amazing. I see Mike explained to me what you did, you know, 45 minutes ago and it didn't sound anything like what you just told no, me. No, I read, um, <laughs> I read the Wikipedia version of what a cath lab was. And yeah. he was like, at first I said the cath lab, he's like, are those people put a catheter in? I said, I think so. Maybe. <laughs> uh not the catheters you're thinking, but yeah, I mean, we take pictures of your heart, we take diagnostic images, and then we fix it. We fix your heart issues, whether it's your arteries or the actual electrical side of your heart. Look at you. You're like it's a hero. Really, really, really cool. When my mom got a stint put in, or stent, 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 uh, so. is with a E. So she got one put in, and they let me and my brother watch when the, uh, the dye went in there and the heart was pumping and we could see it like going through all the veins and everything. Every time the heart pump, it was absolutely amazing. And I said, I could never watch that because Kyle watched his, when his was getting done, I was like, I'd never be able to watch it. I would pass out. There's no way if it was getting done to me and I was watching it, I would fucking, I'd be gone. It's so it's people. Uh, it's funny. It's I love it. Um, but yeah, some people have different reactions when they see the images of their hearts. Uh, some enjoy it and some are like you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to see no, it. thank you. I'd rather just look at the wall or something. <laughs> um, Megan asks, do you put in, do you help put in pacemakers? Do you do Yes. Something? You do that too? Yes. Wow. You are super Randine. People are loving you right now. This is great. So everyone needs to go ahead and uh, tune in on October 9th. Yeah. Uh, how impressed have you been with your opponent coming up on October 9th? Taylor Starling had, you know, the fight of the night at um at Knucklemania, but then you didn't get to see too much out of her in her second trip out out to the Squared Circle against Cassie Robb. I don't know. I think yeah. that lasted like, you know, twenty seconds maybe. Um, when, are you impressed by what you've seen out of her, or um, you feeling pretty good about, you know, being able to uh, expose a few things? I think I'm gonna expose some things for sure. But I was impressed with her first outing. I, I thought that was a really good showing. I thought there was a lot of holes, but I thought it was a really good showing. Um, the second outing, however impressive it was, I thought maybe the other person should have never been in there because 
when you rewatch it and you really pay attention, most of her shots never really hit her, especially not clean. So if you can't even take little hits just off your hands when you're curled up, how did you ever expect to do a bare knuckle match ever? Like, so I don't know. We'll see. When, when we get in there, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like when you saw the two of them, you know, face to face, it didn't even look like Cassie should have been even in that weight class, honestly. And and when you go back and you look at Cassie's um, MMA career, most of her fights were at 105 and 115. So she weighed in at 121 going in there against Taylor. So she was outsized and just outclassed all the way. Um, I didn't realize that on the weight either. Yeah, she. we actually interviewed Cassie the night before the weigh-ins, mm -hmm. and she's eating Oreos while we're interviewing her. And we're like, you're eating Oreos? Don't you have a weigh-in tomorrow? She goes, oh, yeah, I'm under 120 right now. I should be fine for we're like, what? oh my god! I wish I could have a fucking Oreo. Oh. <laughs> You're not supposed to mention Oreos. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Sorry about that. No, I just thought it was like crazy that a night before weigh-in oh. she was doing that, and she goes, "Oh no, no, I'm trying That's to put on weight." Yeah. So For the uh, record, Oreos are horrible. Don't worry, they're they're gross. Yeah, they <laughs> differ. Um, outside of the fight in uh, in in Montana, what else are you looking forward to while you're out there? I'm looking forward to eating and drinking. That's for sure. Like you mentioned Oreos. I'm looking forward to all of those things. Ice cream, bread, noodles, a good beer, and a nice shot. Like, Yeah, that was a question from Matt Seibel, by the way. Matt yeah. Whom I think uh, you know, maybe. I think you know yeah, I, I, think, I think I might have heard his name once or twice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Outside of it, I'm looking forward to seeing Melvin fight because he got fucking robbed. Yes. On twice. his last one. And uh yeah, I'm like, I can't wait to see him because he's gotta come back with a like a vengeance, like an anger. Yeah. Like the way he they just took that beautiful win from him. Like right. We actually were talking about that yesterday, and I said he has to be coming in there with a certain, you know, a level chip. of aggression, you know, a chip on his shoulder, a level of aggression, a little fire under his ass more than even ever before because his last two fights he got robbed, not just mm. the last one. The last one he got robbed, robbed. But the one yeah. before, the guy should have never been hitting him up against the ropes. The referee did a really shitty job in that one as well, and then just – he never gave him an eight count. He just called the fight off like it was an MMA fight. So Melvin's been on the bad end of some bad refereeing lately. So okay. we're looking forward to that one too. And then I'm looking forward to um, Jamie Driver. I'm looking forward to seeing her and that um, fight. I think that's at 135. Is that right? Jamie, right? Jamie Driver's on that card. Is it? That in, the, maybe I've got the name wrong. The red hair. You're talking oh, about Crystal Pittman? Crystal Pittman. Crystal Pittman. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. They both oh, have red fine. hair, I think. They both they do definitely. I, both I think have red they hair. do. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. I think it's 135. Yeah, it's uh Pittman and Jade. Jade, Jade, uh, yeah. Wong. Jade, Jade Mason, Mason Wong. Wong. Yeah, that should be a good one too. Yeah, so this I'm looking be... forward to that one because I also like to fight at 135. So I want to see. That that one just interests me. 
as on a yeah. personal level. We'll have to check that one because I thought that they were going to make that at 125, but 135 is more of uh, Crystal's natural weight class. So I don't know. Maybe they are. Uh, either way, the, the your fight card is looking amazing. You guys definitely have some um, some people tuning in. We had a we had another uh, fighter, uh, Josh Watson, on last night. That looks yeah. like he could probably knock a hole in the earth. So watch oh, out yeah, for that. Him and Christine Frey are gonna just they're gonna just dominate. They're gonna get probably one of those two is gonna be fight of the night for sure. Um, you know, yeah. I like to try for it, but if Christine Frey is on the card, that's a that's a tough competition to beat. You know. Hell yeah, yeah, for fight of the night especially. Um, yeah. Hey. Where did what made you? Um, you were you were an MMA fighter. Your amateur days were in MMA. You were training MMA. What what got you to venture into the bare knuckle world? Um, really, I I know it's not on my topology or whatever, but it should be. Most of my amateur fights were kickboxing. I really enjoy kickboxing. I really enjoy stand up fighting. Um, I found a really good home there. I did like fifteen fights there. Um. And that um, led me to try and do boxing in New Mexico. And when I was there, nobody would freaking fight me. I kept showing up to places and weighing in. And then people would be like, no, no, no. And I'm, like, I'm wasting my fucking time weighing in, um, you know, all, every other weekend at different places for no reason. And uh, then pandemic hits, obviously, and there's no fighting anywhere. And the opportunities are just going down and I'm thinking I'm getting older and my opportunities are going away and I've done a lot, but fuck it. You know, why not just make the jump to pro? I've already discussed with my coaches on different you know times about, you know, it was, we're getting close to the chance, you know, to the point where we needed to look that way anyways. So, uh, I call some people up and it, we landed here. All right. Did, How about, oh, did you hold ahead. a title uh, in one of these? Because there's a picture of you with a title. We were talking about it earlier, but we cannot find, like you said, the kickboxing stuff. It's I don't see it on Tapology. I just see yeah, MMA. Kickboxing, and I won a super fight um, for Northwest Fight Championship uh, here run by Brian Johnson. I'm not exactly sure if he still runs the promotion or if it the pandemic kind of put it out um but yeah that's where that was from there you go uh one more question from the audience uh what hairstyle will you be rocking at the fight will you be uh uh they'll see that with the weigh-ins i don't want to <laughs> give it away i got a really awesome braider that has a really awesome design by another um fighter friend of mine up here who he decided what I'm going to have on my head. And so we're just going to keep that a secret. There you go. You don't want to let it don't, you don't want to let anything go. It's going to be a surprise. No. You'll walk yeah. out music. Uh, it's the BKFT we had, way. We had crystal Pittman on, you know, was it last week? Kyle? We had him, we had her on last week and Kyle asked her about a song or something and, or a band. And she was like, Oh yeah, it's going to be my walkout song. And uh, DJ Tony who works for BKFC was watching and he was like, shh, be quiet. It's going to be a secret. You got to surprise people. Yeah. Everything is always a secret. Um, 
You know, I think what we need to do with you is a speed round of questions to get people to know your personality even more, even more than they already do because you seem like a pretty likable individual right now and we're going to grow your fan base even more. Are you ready for this? All right, shoot. All right, speed round with Randine Willoughby Ekholm, the homie. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just go with Randine. Number one, yep. if you could create your own holiday, what would it be? Randine Day. And Randine Day <laughs> like consists of. You celebrate Randine and you and all the stories that you have with Randine. Because if you know Randine, you got a Randine story. <laughs> Outstanding answer. Do we have like turkey for dinner? What's the dinner? What is the dinner for a Randine oh, Day? Ice cream. That's for nice. sure. It's, yes. it's ice cream on Randine Day. What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> oh, coffee flavor. It's got to be oh. coffee and chocolate. Awesome With chocolate on it, right? Well, that's yeah. Up, really. Hold on one second. Have you ever had coffee milk? Have no. you ever heard of it? Uh-uh. So in Rhode Island, where I live, that's like the state drink. It's it's basically like instead of having like chocolate syrup or uh strawberry for milk, it's coffee syrup. And it doesn't taste like coffee, but it tastes kind of like coffee ice cream, ice cream as a milk flavor. And it's that sounds smashed. really cool, oh, actually. It's so like good. You know, we'll I'm have to send you up. some. Matt Kohler can hook us up or you with a with an address and I'll send you a bottle. Hell yeah. Yeah. You'll it's delicious. You'll, you'll never you'll you'll never want to stop drinking it. I swear to God, it's freaking amazing. If you like ice cream, no. if you like coffee ice cream, you're gonna fucking love that shit. Yes. Okay. Number what's two. the what's the ran most random fact that you know? I'm not a big random fact person. I, I'm the person on the trivia team at the bar that's just there. You know, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. You don't know where like Peter Griffin lives? Uh, <laughs> Peter Griffin was, you know, like something like that, like The Simpsons. I've watched every episode of The Simpsons. And I, I know that, uh, what's his face? Michael J. Fox started to show signs of Parkinson's during the second Back to the Future filming, which is really young. I, I don't know if that's a random fact, but it's a that. thing. I didn't know that either. <laughs> okay. See? Boom. And I love Back to the Future, so that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Fucking, did you learn that in school, like while you were going to school for being whatever that was that you, you told us that you were? No, I didn't really <laughs> like Back to the Future. Something I've learned over the years. Outstanding. That's, there we go. Number three, what really annoys you? People who chew loudly with their food. Like and smack their lips while they do it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. she's, good. she's good at firing off quick answers. Yeah, this is great. Number four. Have you ever regifted something? Probably. Uh, probably. Yeah. Maybe well, white elephant like thing. I I feel I don't feel like I get bad gifts though. So. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, what the hell is this? I'm giving it to somebody else. <laughs> hey, it's a bread maker. It's got three speeds. Yeah, I gave you that one for your wedding. The same model? No, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right, number five. Name something you have never done, but you would love to do. Hmm. Something I've never done what I'd love to do. Oh, I like to go on a cruise. That would be something I was just talking to somebody about. Never done it. 
on my list to do. You know, I never have either. Quick fact: I was I was like three weeks away from going on my first cruise ever when the quarantine like really hit and they fucking canceled everything. Oh, and that ship got stuck out. Yeah, yeah. That's it was like they refunded all of our money, and you know, who knows if we'll ever go on one. But that's a great answer too. Number six, Mike. What movie can you watch over and over without ever getting tired of? First Back to the Future. Yeah, I, I freaking love the fact that you love Back to the Future. That's great. I so my mom, when I was a little kid, my I lived in a house. My my mom, my dad, I had an older brother, and my little sisters just like me and my brother. So we're we're a bunch of assholes and we just torture my mom. <laughs> so do you remember at the beginning of the first Back to the Future when the dad's eating dinner and he starts laughing at that TV show, but his laugh is like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Yeah. My mom <laughs> fucking hates that noise. So we'd be sitting at the dinner table and I'd go, ah. and she'd like look over and my, <laughs> and my, my mom would like look at me and my dad would go, ah. and like, she'd look. And so we would do that just, just to torture. <laughs> uh, it was torturing. like kind of not laugh, laugh <laughs> that he did there. I used to torture my mom in different ways, you know, like having like 13 people over when she got home from overnight shift at like seven o'clock in the morning. That's the type of torture. Yes, you do. <laughs> Kyle's a nicer torturer. Number seven. Number seven. What are your top three TV shows of all time? Oh, Law and Order, House, and The Office. Boom. Some 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 you. dramas and a comedy. I'm, what I'm yeah. noticing about Randine is she is a quick shoot from the hip person because we yeah. will ask quick questions like this to people and they're gonna be like, ah, hold, <sighs> not you. You're just like, boop, 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 boop. this is fucking awesome. All right, number. You know eight. what you like and what you don't like. I do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What is the craziest situation that you've seen at work? Oh, something wild. I mean, I, if I you can't know. talk about certain things, then whatever. Do you, do you guys <laughs> want like a let's let's give you a, a a negative but kind of funny? Yeah, sure. Oh, I that oh. Don't kill your spirits. All my there. bad things, crazy things that have happened involve people dying, and so I don't want to bring <laughs> nobody down. How about silly, um, something crazy, wacky that you're like, I can't believe that happened. It'll never happen again, you know? Okay. Okay. Oh, crazy. Do you just want crazy like that? I got yeah. you. Not a fucking problem in a fucking world. All right. <laughs> all right. So I tell you, I work in Guantanamo Bay. Right. Yeah. I'm a guard in Guantanamo Bay. I am not just chilling in a fucking office, like 41 Alpha shit. Like, I am a guard. Um, there's a particular unit that does not like me at all. Um, they call me Shit Woman. That's my name, Shit Woman. And when I enter into the facility, they can hear me because they don't have anything else, right, to do but to be waiting and observant of everything. So they know when I get there and they yell out to the whole freaking facility when I'm there, like, shit woman's here. And when I worked there, all they would do was 
push shit and piss that they've been saving and waiting for me to return out their doors and cells all night long. And I spent 12 hours squeegeeing and pushing shit and piss back into their cells all night long for roughly three months. Oh, God. Uh, My last last bit time there. So So that was a song for me. And and a song? My, yeah, my own song. Do you know the words? Yeah. <laughs> Shit woman. Shit woman. Five dollar blue jay. Because they don't know what a blowjob is. They just said blue jay. So five dollar blue jay. <laughs> that is freaking great. Yeah. Man. So blue jay. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, I promise people at home the military does not pay enough for that. For that shit, no, no pun intended. Oh my I burned, god! All I burned my boots from that. Oh my god. Not bringing those back. So earlier in the show, somebody in the comments asked, "How was Gitmo?" That was the question. That was my boy Larry asked that one, and uh, I think you just answered it, man. It was pretty shitty, right? There's yeah. Side. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious, and I believe I believe that one million percent because my my dad and my uncles and my cousins were all CEOs up here in Connecticut, and they got a lot of shit stories. It's, it's a lot it's, of shit. A lot of criminals and inmates are a bunch of fucking pieces of shit for sure. Number nine, what's your secret talent? I can play the clarinet. Boom! Really? And I have it right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome i mean that's a secret talent i'm not sure anybody would know that about you but this is the show where people learn that kind of shit yeah and last question for you in the speed round for randy here we go do you like pumpkin spice yes i am a basic bitch yes you and mike basic love I'm talking about i love it spice. you know what i had Pumpkin spice cinnamon rolls this past weekend. They Mike, were delicious. We're not supposed to talk about food, you fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm going to throw shit at him tomorrow. I didn't work. eat anything <laughs> the last whole week. I've been starving. Not at all. Oh, man. Well, you have been fun, Randine. Um, tell us uh, a little prediction for what we're going to see on October 9th in Billings, Montana. Against Taylor Starling. I predict you're going to see a long war. And uh, you should tune in. Because it's going to be worthwhile. You saying a long war is what we should be in store for. I think so. One of your friends in the comments section said it's going to be a quick night. So I think you guys need to talk about your strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight. You've been a great guest, and we're looking forward to seeing you fight on uh, – it's a Saturday night, actually. I was going to say on yeah. Friday, Friday the 9th. Usually they're on Friday nights, these BKFC events, but it's going to be on a Saturday, everybody. October 9th against Taylor Starling in Billings, Montana. Uh, if you want to shout out any uh, sponsors or anything like that, this is your time. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Women of Combat, always supporting me, always helping me. And uh, helping other great women fighters throughout the country. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Awesome. You are uh, one of Susan Walker's favorite guests ever, by the way. Well, thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. 
Yep, yeah. Growing fans over here on Mission Accomplished. Thanks a lot for coming on, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good night. All Take right. care. Take it easy. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. That was fun. Yeah, she's great, man. Yeah, she had me laughing with that $5 Blue Jay. That really cracked me up, man. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Shit woman, $5 Blue Jay. Blue Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear them saying it. Oh, my God. That is that really sucks, man. What the frig? Nobody should have to go through that type of shit, man. I, man, what the fuck? Are we Dude, doing? working in a prison now, like working in a prison, a lot of, a lot of shit goes on. Like, yeah, so people my, do that a lot in any prison. To my throw dad, shit. my dad had a story about a guy here. It's in, all they have, you know. Right. So a guy here in Connecticut, um, one of the inmates wanted to see somebody that was in like the medical area i don't know like someone got hurt and they were in the med medical area whatever it's called in the prison so this person swallows a um a set of fingernail clippers right does it in front of a guard so they so he thinks that they're gonna have to take him to the uh the medical area to keep him under observation but instead what they did was they threw him in like a, a seg like a seg cell and under 24-hour surveillance, they're going to watch him until he shits out the fucking uh, fingernail clippers, right? So when he, <laughs> he goes to shit, they go to run in the cell, and he takes it from the poop, throws it back in his mouth, and swallows it again. <laughs> that's a... That's, I'm oh telling you. God, what the fuck is going on? Oh my god! It's what like, is going on? Some of these stories are just like the craziest <laughs> fucking. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, I believe the shit story. Mike, where's Tom Schof? Tom Schof. He says, give him a couple minutes. He's gonna be on here, hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Hundred percent. Okay. Two minutes. All right. We're gonna be there. Hundred percent. Be there. Be square. Yeah, so Randine, like we were talking about. He's getting about, his mustache ready for us. Uh, all right, all right. You know, Matt Cole was about to puke and Joe <laughs> because she feels uncomfortable. That's what we're discussing here. I knew this podcast was poop talk. Hank, That's right. Poop. You walked right into the shit talk, my friend. That's I'm right. I'm sure that you got some prison poop stories yourself. So anytime you want to come on and tell us a poop story, we're as waiting. soon as we're talking about poop, a piece of shit comes in. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh we love you hank oh man oh um, it was yeah. there it was so easy yeah, david said david says fuck i don't want to i don't want a fucking oreo oreo <laughs> what about a ranch oreo ranch oreos are good this time of the night you know yeah, what i'm man. saying absolutely oh ranch oh jesus christ let's not even talk about that all right our next guest is <laughs> yeah. here he is here that, with the dapper mustache himself the man himself tom Shove, who will be fighting josh wright October 9th in Billings, Montana at UFC Fight Night. Here he is, the man himself. What's going on, man? How's it going, everybody? How you doing? The local ninja's here. That is are, you, are you still um are you still the local ninja or is have you have you picked up a new yeah. nickname? I think I think it would be kind of inappropriate for me to be the local anything if I wasn't fighting anywhere <laughs> but my hometown. Okay. Uh but uh I mean, shit, people want to call me that, they're more than welcome to. I'll be their local ninja. Hell yeah. Is the 21st century John L. Sullivan the new nickname? Because that's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's just something I've been playing with since I started growing the mustache. So I figured it, you know, it worked out. Um, 
And again, if people want to put it on there and, and put the stamp on it, be my guest. But I'm not making any stakes to any claims to any nicknames. Have you ever thought about wearing the uh, long johns, as they say? I, you know, I've been rolling around the idea about buying some extra big pants and some suspenders and, you know, one of those old floppy beret type hats um, for like maybe a walkout or maybe for, uh, for, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? For like the weigh-ins or something. But uh, that's about as far as it's gotten. It's just a whole lot of thinking. Yeah, so I'll tell you right now, man, we were going through, we were watching some of your uh, old fights, we were looking at some of your MMA, and I, I got to tell you, man, you without the mustache, just, it doesn't look right now. It's it's a part of you. I'm like, who is this guy, man? I said, Mike, look at this guy. Who is this guy? And he's like, totally, look totally different. I'm like, he looks like a totally different, he's like, he doesn't even look like the same guy at all. Yeah, I have to agree. It's uh, it's 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 become a part of who I am now. People don't recognize me without it. I uh, I shaved it about a year and a half ago, and it was probably one of the more existential crises of my life. I was like, oh, who am I? What's going on? What happened?" It was oh a terrible God. situation. So yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Nice through identity crisis. He didn't. He's looking in the mirror, like, "Who am I? Who am I? Who is this?" It's like a 2007 Britney Spears moment. It was pretty bad. <laughs> when I think about mustaches, I you know for BKFC, I think about you, and I think about Mike Richmond. Mm-hmm. Two beautiful yeah. mustaches. You what? Would you ever uh, do like a catch weight with Mike Richmond, the battle of the mustaches? You know, oh, mustachios, God. or is he too far out of the weight? Realm I at think this he's, point. I think he's a lot bigger than I am. And I think his last fight against Cochran was at 185. That's 30 pounds heavier than I compete at. So that would be a, a tough catch weight to have. Um, if he wants to keep it at 170 and over, he can he can state claim to having the mustache at over 170. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Anybody under 170 can get it, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because he yeah. used to fight like weight, like at 135 a while back. Is that true? Is that really yeah. that true? Wow. He was a, he fought at bantamweight in MMA. He fought bantamweight 145. Holy shit. Yeah, he looks like the Mike Richmond now would have ate the Mike Richmond from then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and like I said, he was, he was he looked thick against Dakota, and he looked great. So good on made him. It, made it look really easy too. Yeah, yeah, too easy. Now, for everyone that's watching, if they're tuning in, they know who you are, man. You're an absolute savage in the ring. You uh, in the in the squared circle, as they say. Um, you've gotten better every single time you go out there. You got a couple L's on your record, but they are to against against fucking absolute savages. Uh, I had the pleasure of going back and watching all your fights again today while I was at work. If my bosses are watching, I was still working. You fucks, <laughs> I was just doing some research. The research. The, yeah, I, I clock yeah. out when I when I do that. Yeah, yeah he clocks <laughs> out. Sure. So, dude, the second fight with uh, Diego mm-hmm. down in Cancun mm-hmm. is so such a fantastic fight, man. Anybody who's watching has should go back, get on the app, and watch that one. You beat the brakes off this dude, but he just kept coming at you in like this Terminator way, and he had this like crazy look and like smile. His face is blown up like a freaking softball. You cut him. What was going through your head mentally when you're just plugging this dude with lefts and rights constantly 
and he just keeps getting up and keeps coming back. You're like, do I got to shoot this fucking dude? What are, what's going on here? Uh, well, fortunately, um, if like you guys had said uh, earlier, you'd look back and seen some of my MMA fights. Um, I've had a handful of fights like that where I'm just plugging away on a guy and they just don't go down. Um, so for, for that, it wasn't really anything. It wasn't anything new for me. So it wasn't anything over the top. I just had to maintain focus. I couldn't lose track of, of the goal at hand. And that was just hitting this guy as many times as I could until either he goes down or the ref stops the fight. Um, as long as I didn't lose focus and didn't get distracted from that, it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I think the most important thing that I probably remember running through my head was this guy's too fucking big. <laughs> like, I would just hit him and hit him and hit him. And I'm like, all right, usually people go down by now. Like, um, so I remember thinking like, holy shit, this guy's huge. Uh, but outside of that, it was just, you know, trying to maintain focus and, you know, keep the task at hand dead and center. Yeah. He, he's, he seriously looked like he was enjoying the, the pain you were putting on him. Like yeah, he kept, it, yeah. He kept like smile. He kept having this weird look on his face and kudos to you for not getting distracted from the fucking mammal toe that he had going with his damn trunks that night too. <laughs> I mean, he likes those short trunks, you know, he's, in, he's into all kinds of fun stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so this fight against um Jared Wright, I mean not J Jared Wright, Josh Wright. This is 155. We're back at 155 now, and this is where you're staying. Yeah, yeah, I don't see myself going anywhere else for a while. Um I think I'm too just too big for 145, uh generally speaking. And uh I'm definitely too small for 165. So 155 seems to be uh, the sweet spot for me. It was where I fought, uh, you know, in MMA for 10 years. So it only makes sense to maintain that while I'm still young and can, you know, lose the weight and, you know, stay at 55 and, you know, try to get myself a belt. We were talking earlier about, I'm going to bring up Mike Richmond again, because the comparison <laughs> that we brought up earlier was that we, we were in Birmingham when you last fought against okay. uh, Nathan uh, Mitchell. And I ran into you in the hotel and I ran into a whole bunch of fighters in the hotel. And <clears throat> we hung, we hung out with Mike Richmond a little bit too. And I feel like you, both of you guys have a calmness about you as if you're supposed to be there. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to win. I'm comfortable here. And you walk out to the ring with that same attitude. And even after you, you know, basically knockout or TKO Mitchell, you just walk over to the ropes, nice and calm and just put your hands on the ropes and just wait. And that like cool as a cucumber attitude. I feel like you're, you're, you've got the foresight. It's like you're foreshadowing. You, you know exactly where you're going to be. You're going to be champion one day. You just have that attitude, that swagger about you. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure I could, uh, I could I could re respond to that any better than what you already said. Um, I know for a fact I'm going to be champion one day. Uh, this is my sport. I belong here. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, now that I'm at 155 pounds and I'm in the weight class that I need to be in, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that I have the the potential to be the best in the world. 
Uh, and I feel like Richmond feels the same way. Um, it's a, it's a good feeling. It's an empowering feeling. It's a, it, it allows you to ooze confidence without appearing arrogant. Um, I can still come off as arrogant every now and again, not afraid to, but, uh, but yeah, you know, when, when, when you know that you're destined to be great, um, it's really hard to let things get to you. Now, were you working heading into that, uh, Nathan Mitchell fight was working the body, something that you had been working on heading into that one. I know that like in the Julian Lane fight, they had talked about how you had been working on like the inside uppercuts and the clinch and you were trying to like implement that with him, even though he's a crazy man and he just fucking throws wild the whole fight. Um, and, and kudos to you because he was hitting you hard with some shots. And like, and <laughs> My like, face you, is still broken. <laughs> yeah. You were taking him though. I'll tell you. And I was saying, I was saying to Mike, like you got knocked down a lot against Joel Moore and him, but I, I, I really have a feeling that it was just a size discrepancy that was knocking you down because like, you would go down and then you'd be right back up on your feet. Like mm-hmm. the guy would start the count. And like, by the time he's at three, you're like, all right, let's go. It, it was, it's like almost every time um, back to the other thing where was that something? Cause those body shots that you landed on Mitchell were where they were some devastating shots, man. You really wrecked his night with those. <laughs> I, um, I've always been a fan of the body work. Um, uh, it's really been something that I've implemented in my striking my entire career, regardless of the sport. Um, my first kickboxing match, I finished with a liver shot. Uh, a handful of my um, MMA fights, I attacked the body and I hurt people to the body. Um, it, it was something that I had kind of gotten away from early on in the bare knuckle game because, well, with the exception of when I fought Diego in the rematch, I had to slow that guy down. So I had to go to his body. Um, anyway, long story short, long story longer. <laughs> um, yes. Attacking the body is always part of my game plan. It's always something that, that I, I want to do. And it's something that I want to implement, especially now that I know how much it hurts without gloves. Um, there's, there's, there's one feeling when you take a body shot with MMA gloves on or with boxing gloves on. It is an entirely different feeling when there's no padding there and someone's knuckles go through your rib cage. Uh, so it's something that I try to implement as, as much as possible. Um, to touch on your second question with the, the Joel Moore and the Julian Lane fight, um, with those knockdowns, I'm not going to dispute that I got hit, you know, like those guys hit hard. Both of them, they throw hammers at you. Uh, They're, they're just, they're, they're sluggers. Um, So when they hit me, yeah, the shit hurt. Uh, But I would have to say if I had 10 or 15 more pounds in my hips, those knockdowns might not have happened. Uh, I think a lot of it was the weight discrepancy. And I think that's, a big reason why I'm down at 155 pounds now is I just can't, can't compete with those guys. They're just too big. Like I can fight, you know, I can go out there and I can fight, I can hang in there, you know, but I can't, I can't, I can't hope to, to win a match when I've got somebody who's in just as good a shape as I am, but 15 or 20 pounds heavier, just, it's not going to work. Did you take those fights because that's what was offered to you. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. That's what's offered to me. I'm going to go up and I'm going to do this. And you planned on staying up at that weight or was it just, I, there just is no fights at my weight. So I have no choice. Um, 
It was a combination of both. So Julian at 170 was a fucking mistake. Like any manager, any coach in their right mind would have been like, Tom, you fight at 155 pounds. You have no business fighting Julian Lane, who's a former world champion at 170 pounds. At 170 pounds, you just don't have any business doing it. But my mind, when they called me, was it's Julian Lane. That's all I needed to hear, you know. Right. So it's like, he, they're like, yeah, you know, he says that he can't make 165. So you know, honestly, we think he's just fat and out of shape. I didn't care. It was an opportunity for me to fight the guy who was famous because of the whole let me bang situation. So like, it was a cool opportunity for me. I was just, I was all in. Um, I started my bare knuckle career at 165 because I didn't want to cut weight. Um, and then I kept getting fights at 165 because that was where I started my career. Uh, it took me a handful of conversations of being like, look, guys, you got to stop with these 55 offers. I or these uh, 65 offers. I'm trying to get down to 55. Um, it took me a handful of those conversations to finally get a fight at 155 pounds. But uh, now that I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, man. I guess that's the best way I can wrap that whole story up. Nice. With, with Josh Wright, um, are you familiar with him as if like – as a fighter, much or do you know much about your opponent? Nope. No, because uh, I uh, I saw some footage on YouTube um, from about six or seven years ago, and uh, he looks like a short, stocky kind of C League version of Chad Mendez, just kind of quick and twitchy, and wants to throw big, powerful shots. Um, predominantly a wrestler has most of his wins by grabbing guys, taking them down, beating them up. Uh, even his last, and I saw his most recent fight, uh, against Anthony Curtis. And I want to say that was back in June and same thing. He went out and was just kind of slipping, rolling, moving, big jab overhand, right? Pushed him into the fence, took him down. Uh, the, 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 the entirety of his career has been spent in MMA and he doesn't spend a lot of time on his feet. So what I do know about him is that if he wants to get into a stand-up boxing match, a stand-up competition with somebody like me who's six foot tall and 155 pounds, this guy's like five foot five and maybe walks around at 160 pounds, like you probably should have picked a better fight to come into the organization with because I'm not the one, man. I'm sorry, but I'm going to hurt you. I'm in front of your family, in front of your hometown. I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you. That's what I know about Josh. I couldn't no. find anything much about him. Uh, you know, just very surface thing. I couldn't find like a whole plethora of things about him myself. Um, so you mentioned Chad Mendez. You got a ni very nice uh, comment by uh, Scott Burt there. Yep. Yeah, Scott Burt's a great human being. Yeah, he says he's lucky to know you. You're one of his favorite fighters and favorite humans. So very cool. He, Scott's an awesome dude. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned Chad Mendez. Now, Chad Mendez was supposed to be making his debut in October. I don't know if he still is. I don't think he still is because I think that was, yeah, I think that was supposed to be the Arizona card. And as yeah. far as, as far as I've heard, though, that whole Arizona card has been scrapped. I don't mm -hmm. know if he went through it all. So we'll be curious right. how that plays out. So my question to you would be, and I don't want to, I want to, I don't want you to 
to ask you to like look past your opponent that you have in front of you right now. But if you you go out there and you put on a nice performance against Wright and you get out of there basically unscathed, no no injuries, uh, is that Chad Mendes fight something that you would want? Would you offer yourself up for his uh, debut opponent, or do they or do you know if they already have an opponent for him? Uh, I don't know anything about Mendez's uh, debut. Um, I don't. I don't have any details as far as that's concerned. Um, would I? Would I like to fight him for his debut? Sure. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have to renegotiate contracts. Yeah. You know. Um, I, that's not me being any kind of way, but I know he's gonna get paid a good amount of money to come in. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the star in bare knuckle, not him. So it's like you're going to come in here and you're going to fight me. Like I want to get paid reasonable for it. Um, so that would be that. But no, I mean, yeah, I'm always, yeah, I'm, yeah, of course. Chad Mendes, absolutely. 100%. Count me in. Um, I see that one. Yeah, that would be great. You know, I mean, he's, he's yeah, it would be fantastic. He's, uh, He's an athletic guy, you know, he's a powerful guy. He's yeah, everything about that fight makes sense. That would be great. <laughs> um, but as far as this fight can, is concerned, me getting through this fight, I want to get through this fight and I want to fight somebody who is above me in the rankings. And the only person really worth my time, in my opinion, is Bobby Taylor. So, nice. you know, um, nice. I would love, you know, he's ranked number one right now. Um, I would love to get through Josh Wright unscathed and, you know, Bobby Taylor and I get it in before the end of the year and, you know, next year rolls around and I can go fight Luis for his belt. That's what I, that's what I see. That's how I see the next really six months kind of playing out. <laughs> if something else comes up, if they give me, you know, an, another option, I'm, I'll, I'll obviously consider it. But uh, if I could write, the next six months that that would be it Bobby Taylor and I get it in around December and then uh you know somewhere around February March Lewis and I uh you know we throw down for that title and I take it home I love it man that sounds awesome to me true warrior right there all you want to do is fight the best that's that's how you should be any other way why the fuck are you even there you know what I mean yeah absolutely you know that's that's exactly why we're here I love it, man. So um, what we do on this show, and uh, to just to lighten the mood a little bit, we're going to ask you some uh, some randos, some random questions. You want to do this? Do this? <laughs> Beautiful. Randos. Like random questions. <laughs> some randos. Here we go. All right. Speed round with Tom Schof, the man himself. Number one, what is your opinion on guys getting fights through internet trolling? Trash. Trash. <laughs> um, you, you have one that tries to troll you yeah. very, pretty yeah. often. And again, he's trash. You know, that's one of those situations where it's like, bro, you're trying to put, you're trying to fight everybody who's getting recognized. Well, we're talking about this one guy specifically. Uh, he's trying to fight anybody and everybody who's in the BKFC news. It doesn't matter what weight class they're in. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. Like he's like, yo, you're getting recognition. Let's scrap. Let's get after it. You know? And it's like, we're like, look, you've had one fight and you fucking quit in the third round. Like you've done nothing to deserve to be on the stage next to the people who have actually done something for the sport. So go out and get a win and perform and do something and then you can do your internet trolling and run your mouth and, and talk trash. But when you're 0-1 after a fucking third round quit, get fucked. <laughs> right. There you okay. go. Number two. 
Uh, more underrated martial arts movie, American Ninja or Best of the Best? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's tough, man. I'm going to have to go with Best of the Best. That's probably the one. Yes. <laughs> I love yes. that question, man. I love that question. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. Yeah, man. I forgot all about American Ninja. I got to be honest with you. I, yeah, my, was like my five was back in for a second. I was, I was thinking about the, what's that one? With Bruce Leroy, something dragon. Oh, the last, last dragon. dragon. The that's last dragon. That's what I was thinking for a second, but I was like, no, that's the wrong one. Anyway. That's my question. favorite martial arts movie of all time, by the way. <laughs> that's a fantastic movie. Show love it. Best. Don't know. By the you way. got your mug, Kyle? Oh no, I don't have it right now. Oh. I got a I got a who's the master mug. Oh uh, beautiful. Oil or or wax in the mustache? Uh depends on what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh if my if it's been like a rough workout week and it's splayed and all over the place, I need to put oil on it to relax it. Um if it's a little too squirrely and I need to straighten it up to go out for a nice night out on the town with my old lady. It wax, you know, so it depends on the goal. You know, I had a middle school principal that used to curl his eyebrows the way you do your mustache. What? No bullshit. His name was Dr. Olson. He was the president. I spent a lot of, I mean, the principal, I spent a lot of time down there with that guy and he had, um, like he had wax on his desk and he used to uh, sit there and, curl him like that it's like eyebrow yeah yeah like like uh james hook in the movie hook yeah that must have been a real piece of work that guy and i gotta be honest with you yeah man. no that i would I, I i can imagine being sent to his office was slightly terrifying yeah I used like to have... just like just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> dr olsen man i want to like a kind there. of a portly guy about five foot seven very shiny <laughs> head he had a very bald head, shiny very... head Yes. Gray hair. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't think about Dr. Olson until I asked a question about mustache wax to one to the guy, Tom Show here. So thank you for bringing that memory back up. <laughs> memory. <laughs> Number four. Here we go. Favorite non-combat sport. Favorite non-combat sport. Oh, fuck. Does do, do billiards count? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, cool. Then I'm going to go with billiards because that's oh, yeah. about the only other sport that I sport that I do. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy playing pool. Uh, I'm not the best at it. I, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm not great, but man, do I love playing. And nine ball or eight ball? Um, I like eight ball. That's what I played when I was playing league. Um, but I'm not opposed to, to nine ball. I like the idea of having to call your shots and be strict about your order and, you know, things like that. Um, but I'm, I'm more of a, a general player. So eight ball, call your pocket kitchen rules. That's usually where I'm at. You played APA. Is that what you Yes. did? Yeah. Yeah. I did that for a while myself. It's pretty it's fun. fun. Man. It's a good time. Yeah. Very nice. I don't know if that's a sport, but we'll, we'll allow it. Right. Number, <laughs> it's on number, ESPN. It's it a Tony on the Ocho. If if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume that you'd done? Um, shit, assault, assault, <laughs> assault. 
Somebody probably got smart and got beat up if I had to make it. That's really the only thing I can see myself doing, man. I'm a pretty good guy in most senses of the word. Um, when I drink, I stay at home. When I smoke, I stay at home. When I, But I got an issue when people get attitudes, man. There you go. Stand up <laughs> dude right there. True warrior. <laughs> Number six. Here we go. What's your favorite comedy movie of all time? Uh, Big Trouble, Little China. Love that movie. Yeah, God. man, we got we're all cut from the same cloth. Apparently, yeah, I love that movie. I have a ten-year-old and a seven-year-old, and I introduced them to Big Trouble in Little China a couple months back, and they watched it about six times in a week, and they fucking absolutely <laughs> loved it. Fair enough. Uh, Perfect. Jack Burton. Right. Jack Burton, man, you look that big son of a bitch right in his eyes, and you tell him checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. <laughs> All right. Number, number seven. What is the worst thing the government can make illegal? Bro, that's tough, man. Um, the worst thing government can make illegal. Uh, I'm going to have to go out on a, a, a whim here and say speech. You know, the right to to say what you please, regardless of race, creed, religion, gender, whatever, you know, like you have you as, as a human being, you are sovereign. You your opinion, regardless of where it is, where it stems from or where it goes, deserves to be heard. Uh, so that would be my my stance on that would be, you know, speech. If you make very good speech illegal, man, you are you are doing terrible things. Yeah. After they take speech away, then you get thought crimes. We don't want that. Oh yeah, of course, right? <laughs> thought and crimes are next. And we are in nineteen eighty four. Nobody needs an Orwellian experience in their no. life. So oh so Joe Ivy in the comments says sex, and then she follows it up with or speech, or speech. sure. <laughs> well, you're you are entitled to say that, and that's what's beautiful about well, freedom. Speech. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number eight. If someone offered you ten million dollars in a briefcase, but to keep it, you had to whack the last person you shook hands with, would you do it? I gotta. So I gotta kill somebody for ten million dollars. Yeah. I didn't want to type the word "kill" because yeah. you know we might get shut down. Well, all right, all right, all right. well, I mean, I said it, you know, and this is still America. You can say it so, all you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, Facebook week. algorithm. I mean, Last well, here, this is the way I look at it. Like, chances are if I'm shaking someone's hand, I probably never met him before or I'm not very friendly with them, you know, because I usually don't shake my friend's hands. It's like a hug or like a fist bump or like, hey, guy, what's going on, you know? Um, so, like, if I'm shaking your hand, I probably don't know you. And if I don't know you – for 10 million. You get whacked. Is that $10 million really going to like make a difference? <laughs> Maybe we're, we're going to go with a solid 78% yes. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great answer. Awesome. Yeah. Number nine, uh, any weird food combinations that you really like? I love saltine crackers and barbecue sauce. Whoa, I, don't know why. I can't explain it. I won't even attempt to explain it, but Saltine crackers and sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce is a delectable treat. I'll try it that. It doesn't even actually sound that bad, to be honest <laughs> nah, with you. That sounds fine. 
Tom, I dip Oreos in orange juice. Yes, he does. That's peculiar. That's not bad. I got. I I like to put mustard on, uh, and only on pepperoni pizza. Any other pizza, I won't do it. But mustard on pepperoni pizza is pretty solid. You know what I used to do also as a as like a high school uh, burner. I'm not going to say the word either because. <laughs> um, goldfish crackers i would pour them in like a cereal bowl and i would put french's yellow mustard on them and just mix it up with a spoon and eat it's like it's like Might a good. poor man's gardettos uh, it was great, man. and last question <laughs> gardettos <laughs> oh right. shit all right all right mike you're in the ring October 9th doing a post victory interview with brian Sosha, and you have to call someone out who you calling? Bobby Taylor. Bobby Taylor. I think we already got that yep. answer. Yeah, we kind of did. Too easy. He's he's ranked number one right now. You're in my spot, bro. It's time to move. Hey, all right. So we finished that. What is your what is your honest thoughts about Dat fighting Lewis? I think that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He fought. At 135, he got the belt at 135, if memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. And 45 is just a wasteland right now. There's nobody in 45. So I get why he wouldn't go to 45. But why not defend the belt or go back and try to win the belt that you already won? Like I think that makes more sense to me. But maybe he's just maybe he's just like a fat guy at heart and doesn't want to cut weight. You know, maybe that's what it is. Um, he certainly put the pressure on Johnny when he fought Johnny. Um, Johnny had a hard time keeping pace. But guys like me and Luis and Bobby and uh, Adam Pellerano and Jim Allers, like we are a lot bigger than Johnny Bedford. So. I think that's a really big mistake on his part. I mean, unless he's got like a whole shipment of Mexican supplements and he's just <laughs> rocking it at the gym, I think he's going to have a tough time competing at 155 pounds. I don't think that's a good idea at all. <clears throat> you very well may. I couldn't agree more. I think the size discrepancy is going to be massive there. Yeah. And honestly, he's you not mentioned- a tall guy. You know, it's not no, like he's no. like a, a you know a tall, long guy, and he could maybe play the range game. Like, dude, you're like five foot four. He looks I mean, short. I could, and- be, I could be being mean right there. I mean, he could be as tall as like five six, but still, you're not a big guy, and you're you walk around at 160 pounds, and you're soft at that. Like, that's. That's a tough fight, man. We're, we're professional athletes. I think that he's taken this whole undefeated boxing record to heart, man. I think that he's he had that undefeated boxing status, and then he came over to Bare Knuckle, and he's really been kicking ass at 135 pounds. So he just thinks that guys just can't keep up no matter what the weight class is. I mean, maybe that's the case. I'm not entirely sure, but – I don't think he's going to do well at 155 pounds. I, I, I'm pretty sure that horse is dead, so I'll stop beating it. Right. So you mentioned Johnny Bedford. If there was ever a 135er to jump the 145 division and fight at 150, like he would be the guy that made more sense going up to 155. Even he would be. Bigger. Yeah, even, yeah, because he's got a little bit more height and a little bit more reach. More like yeah, he's got size. Length. He would have to spend a. And, you know, I talked to Johnny not too long ago. I saw him in Nebraska. And, uh, you know, he 
55 would be tough for him. He doesn't walk around much heavier than 55. Like I said, he's probably right about 160 at the probably at the absolute most. Um, so he would have if there was somebody who could do it at 35, it would be Johnny. But even for somebody that big, it would be really tough for him. You know, like we just had this conversation about me trying to fight Julian. Like you can be yep. super tough, but sometimes you just don't have enough weight in your hips to do the damage to somebody who's a lot bigger than you, you know? So I think, I think it's, I just think it's hard, man. Somebody from speaking from experience, trying to jump multiple weight classes. It's hard. Absolutely, man. Yep. You're a smart guy. And uh, we appreciate you coming on here. Like, uh, in, in, you know, you are, you know, the uh, pretty much the face of bare knuckle now with it. Yeah. Your fight style, like you said, you jump weight classes, you fight anybody you've uh, basically planted your flag in, in the organization. And I hope you're uh, a win or two away from a title, but we thank you for coming on here. We'll give you a minute to shout out any sponsors or anybody you want to shout out real quick and let you get going. Well, thank you guys very much for having me on, man. It's, it's a pleasure being here, and, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, sponsors, Advanced Physical Therapy and Wellness, uh, Lemos Painting and Remodeling, Imprint Roofing, Grit Mouthguards. I uh, got to shout out my gym, Alpha MMA, Ricardo Cavacante, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu here in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, that's all I got. That's all I really want to say. Um want to thank all the fans out there, everybody who tunes in to see me fight and, you know, sends me a comment on Facebook and Instagram, you know, telling me that they appreciate my work. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. So uh, that's all I got. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, man. Thank you. And everybody tune in October 9th when he takes on Josh Wright in uh, Billings, Montana. Thank Billings. you for coming on, Tom. We'll talk to you soon. You guys have a great one. I'll see you later. Later. Thanks. Take care. <clears throat> yeah. Another fucking great show, man. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. That was a great interview. I liked it. Yeah, super cool guy. Like like we said before he even came on, um, we met him down in Birmingham, talked to him a few times, and, like, he's just like that. He's just super down-to-earth, very cool guy, very calm, collected with everything that he has to say. And, um, and like, there was some all, – all the footage from the uh, Hall of Fame induction, man, him up there sparring with uh, Elvin Brito. And, you know what I mean? It was like yep. he's, he's a man for the business and, another, and, and a good a good guy for the sport. So we appreciate him coming wait. on. I can't wait either. I mean, I hope – you know, I don't know Josh Wright, and I, nothing against him. I really hope that Tom can get the W – and call out Bobby Taylor because I really do think that 155 is where he belongs. I think he's going to do great things there. And I think he is right there in the conversation with uh, Bobby Taylor and, and Louis Palomino as, as mm -hmm. the top guys at 155. And yes. now you throw Chad Mendez in there. You throw Tony Loco Soto is going to go to 155. Um, Tyler Goodjohn's out of there. Tyler Goodjohn's out of there. But, you yep. know what I mean? They got a, they got a bunch of uh, – they got uh, Adam Pellerano. Yeah. You know, he looks like he's 195 pounds, but he fights at 155. Maybe you know Ehlers. I mean? I'm not sure what he's doing. He's out. Yeah. He's in. He's maybe going to MMA. I, I'm not really positive on what he's doing. We need to get in touch with him and have him come on here and talk to him about what he's doing, what his plans are for the future of his, uh, for his combat sports future, you know, figure out what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 
As far as this show, I'm not sure what we have lined up for next week, but we will get some stuff together and we'll get some information out to you. We've had a rough week. I mean, I've had a rough week, but we had a few good shows and we really love the fact that you guys keep continuing to tune into our show and uh, we love you and we will talk to you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.